Three chuckleheads. Wait, no. There's actually two today. Oh, yeah. Ty is a big econ guy. He's studying up for that. We wish him the best, but one amazing show still. This is Triple Threat on Blaze Radio. On Blaze Radio, Radio online. online. I'm Keith Dolly. I still have Harris Hicks right next to me, and we're actually in the same room this time, which, Harris, it's nice to see your face, not through glass. It is nice to see your face, Keith. We are still here, despite Ty uh, not showing up, because clearly... He prioritizes econ over triple threat, which... <laughs> Priorities. Yeah, right? What, like, what is he doing? But, uh, yeah, Keith, how was your week? My week's been chaotic, actually. We we don't have time to get into it fully, but let's just say graduation date's moving, flat tires, and um, a, a little run-in with the police. Not my fault, but uh, people around me... Well, you're shifty. That's just a teaser. Oh, yeah, dude. The nest my way out of it. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so, Wild Week Harris, how's, how's yours been? Uh, groovy, you know. Groovy. I had, a, you know, I had a, a bunch of church stuff, which has been great. That's been a fun time. That's uh, great. You know, the typical typical jam, you know. It's been fun. Yeah. Typical jam. I did hear that you were breaking ankles and stealing hearts last night. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, last night I didn't play the best basketball. I, was, I, I wasn't Shocker. really looking like Zakai Ziegler. I was looking more oh. like Chris Likes, to be honest. Inefficient. If we're talking about 5'7 five, to 5'9 five, players, th- those were actually two good comparisons, I'll say. <laughs> Why, thank you. All right. But if we're talking about 5'9-ish players, I believe R.J. Cole is that height. Is he really? He's pretty short. I thought he, he was like 5'11". He may be 5'11", but he's pretty short, and he hit the basically game winner, the go-ahead bucket for UConn last night. That was as, a good segue. As they, Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> as they took down UConn, uh, Villanova. UConn took down Villanova. Yep. And Harris, did you see my tweet from last night? No, what was it? Okay, so, so here's the story. I got home after getting my flat tire figured out. Yep. I went home and I was like, I'm I'm pretty hungry. And I was thinking the last couple of days about making taco salad. It was a Tuesday. I had of half, course. half a pound of ground beef left in the fridge. Oh yeah. And you know what? We whipped up some taco salad. Oh yeah. Fantastic. Made my own dressing. It was great. Absolutely great taco salad. <laughs> I sit down eating my taco salad and watch the last couple of minutes of the Yukon Nova game. Mm-hmm. And Yukon turned the ball over. They were trying to get an entry pass into the post to Adama Sinogo. Yep. And they turn it over. Nova's now up four with 40 seconds left. Yeah. And the ball is good as done. Probably a 90-plus percent chance of winning. Easily. Ball game. Yeah. I say, okay, I'm going to go clean up the dishes, go of clean course. up the kitchen just so I don't have to do it after the fact. There's no use in watching 10 minutes of free throw shooting. And, Nova and usually that's a smart decision. Pushing out the score. Yeah. I walk back in. After cleaning up my pan, cleaning up my spatula, my cutting board, UConn won. <laughs> and I looked at the TV and my jaw just dropped. I'm like, check my phone. It's not April Fool's Day. Yeah, That's no. another month and a half. Yeah. Shocked. <laughs> and come that to find out, there was a Caleb Daniels missed free throw on that possession. Yep. UConn goes down, hits a three. Yep. Colin Gillespie turns the ball over. RJ Cole hits the shot to go up one. And then they turn the ball over again, and then UConn hits one more free throw, and UConn wins. You're forgetting the the charge call too. 
with uh, with Gillespie. Oh, so that was the turnover. Yeah, that okay. was the turnover. Like, I, I I just looked at the box score. I was gonna check the highlights, but very busy. And I was night. at I was at small groups okay. um, for my church, and I I just gotten back, and I was like, I heard UConn. You told me UConn had a lead, uh, and I was like, oh okay. And Villanova came back, so UConn actually sort of fumbled the bag a little bit, blowing the lead, and oh, then they should have lost. Yeah, and then Dan Hurley got ejected. For the first pumping half. up the crowd. So Dan Hurley wasn't on the sideline for any of this. No. I did forget to mention that. Yeah. Like, one of the weirdest games of the year. It was a wild game. Yeah. yeah. Dan Hurley getting ejected. That was not a charge call. I'm going to tell you, Villanova got pretty robbed. Like, RJ Cole was not set. He was still moving. He was not firmly in front of him. It wasn't a charge. Wait, so you're telling me the block charge call is broken? Oh, What? I've never thought. I've never realized that. I remember your rant last year. That was very eye-opening to me. Was you went on a rant about the block charge call in a Texas game? I can't remember who y'all were playing, but I think it was Baylor. Was it Baylor? It was Baylor because teaser to show me the money because (laughs) Greg Brown, my nemesis. (laughs) I didn't know we had. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was either a really hard screen or like a BS block charge call. Yeah. That. We were in that game, and then as soon as that happened, they went on like an eight to nothing run, and then oh, I actually remember blown that. out. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. rough. And and that was that one was tough. That one was tough. Yeah. So wild Villanova UConn game, but another. Oh, what's up? Really quickly. Yeah. I, because what I had some thoughts on them earlier in the season. I remember when I watched them play Auburn. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like UConn's got some guys. Oh yeah, they do. But I kind of felt like that whole game. Auburn was the more talented team, and and they are now that we're in the future. Um, Adama Sanogo has been banged up, but wh- what do you think? We've been talking floor ceiling a lot in the tournament. What do you think this team ceiling is? Because after lo- watching last night and just watching recently, I'm very skeptical. I like this UConn team. I think they're tough. They play good defense. I like Danny Hurley, but I'm skeptical. Right now, there are five. Yeah, but like in tournament, how yeah. Far do you- in they, tournament, they are a low five right now. Yeah, uh, actually, they're my second five, but they are my third five. Hey, between Ohio State and Alabama, we're always in sync, Keith. <clears throat> this is great. But anyway, I don't see them be- beating a one, like or a two. Like, actually, you know, if they play like Purdue, if they get like a two, like Purdue, and they're a six, I don't know if I see them beating yeah. the three. Yeah, to be honest, I think they're sealing Sweet 16. That's more so the luck of the draw because they are balanced. They didn't really have, like, R.J. Cole's their best scorer, but they don't, outside of him, the scoring's pretty limited, I'm going to be honest. And without Sonogo, they're a way different team without Adama because they don't have the rim protection. But Yeah, but he's been playing, he's, he's pretty healthy. Yeah, 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 but when he wasn't healthy, it was I different. I completely agree. Yeah, it messed up their resume a little bit. But I'm going to say Sweet 16. Okay, so based off my bracketology, they would play UCLA in the second round. UCLA would win that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. For, for me, it's the guard play. I just don't trust the guard play. I like RJ Cole. He's a solid player. But outside of him, like, who do they really have? Yeah, and and UCLA's got dudes. Like Jaime, Juzang, Campbell. Guards. Yeah. And, like, and Cody Riley and Miles Johnson can stand – would be able to stand – 100%. Yeah, and UCLA has depth too. They have five stars like Peyton Watson sitting on their bench. So, Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think the thing with UConn, the, they're one of those teams that really, a lot of times, I mean, yeah, they have Tyrese Martin, but a lot of times they'll run, 
like one ball handling guard, and that's cool. And then you'll have these kind of bigger wings of Tyrese Martin, um, Tyler Polly. You have Andre Jackson. I mean, they have these kind of longer, definite kind of 3 and D NBA-type wings. So they have like one legit ball handling guard, a center, and then a bunch of wings. Yeah. I just don't know that they have like if Cole gets in foul trouble or if he gets really tired, like I think that you could see a major one of those four seeds like UCLA or Illinois or one of those teams go on a major run in that game. So I'm saying their ceiling is the sweet sixteen for me. Ooh. Interesting. It's more of the luck of the draw for them to make it to the Elite Eight. If they They're very balanced. If they get an eight seed in the third round maybe they could get to the Elite Eight. But that's the thing. I just don't know if I look at that team and trust them with their style of play to win three games in a row. Yeah. That is hard. I I see what you mean. They're streaky, too. You know? Like, I would agree with you. All right. I just thought that was an interesting conversation Yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting conversation to have. Uh, Over the weekend. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we're going to have to get to this. (laughs) Of course. Uh, It was just what everyone's expecting us to get into. Actually, I'm shocked we didn't lead off the show with this. Because every other show has been leading. I actually it. had it to lead off with this, and then the UConn thing happened. I was like, "This happened last night. Let's talk about it." But I, I, I like that we have the like. That's kind of our show's vibe. Is like we'd rather talk about a really good game than something negative like this. Oh yeah, because all the national podcasts. Because this is a negative. The Juwan Howard suspension, the quote unquote punch. I think that's overblown. It wasn't a punch, uh, but people forget. A bunch of ESPN stations were talking about it. This is not the first time this has happened. You remember Maryland with Mark Turgeon last year? Oh, yeah. This is not the first time this has happened. So for those of you that don't know, Juwan Howard's missing the remainder of the Big Ten season. Keith, do you think that's a fair punishment? Yeah. He basically incited a riot on the court. Yeah. And I think – I don't know how much the circumstances and the way it all played out played into the suspension. But ju- just to lay out this scenario, Wisconsin was up by 18 or 20. And with like 20 seconds left, Greg Gard, the head coach of Wisconsin, puts his backups in. Yep. Michigan is pressing them yeah. full court. Yeah. Greg Gard calls a timeout because his walk-ons who – are going up against Michigan, like a preseason top five team. They have athletes. They do. Full court pressing them, and they weren't going to get the ball past half court, so he called a timeout, and his defense was, I have walk-ons on the court. I'm going to try to put them in a good situation Mm -hmm. and reset the 10-second clock to get it past half court. And then Jawan Howard was very upset, comes up, don't effing touch me. Yep. And then Greg Gard, now Gard probably shouldn't have done this, but he put his hands on him to kind of calm him down and – and be like, hey. Um, do you think he calmed him down, or do you think he put his hands on him to? When I watched the video, okay, to me, it looked like he was trying to stop him from moving down the line to say, like, hey, hey. It looked like he was trying to explain. Okay, yeah. What happened. Um, and I, I do think he was trying to do that. Juwan Howard was clearly pissed from the beginning because he started with lowering his mask and saying, I'm going to effing remember that. I think that it's like 85% Howard's fault. Yeah. If you're a guard, you probably just walk past and then make your case at the podium afterwards. 
um, during the press conference, but I think Howard started it. I think Howard, by approaching that handshake line with an aggressive attitude, probably mm-hmm. the loud cussing. Yeah, but then Joe K, the assistant coach, somehow yeah. gets involved when yeah. it starts to become like a little scrum around him, and he said something, and we don't know what he said. To cause Howard to open hand, slap him, punch him, whatever you call it. Um, just a quick recap of the scenario. But wild. And I think, I don't know if we'll ever know what Joe K said. Yeah. It's a hard last name to pronounce, so yeah. just for the sake of what I'm saying Joe okay. K. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we... My brain's all over the place. We right? won't ever know, but again... I would be a little bit more merciful on the suspension if that wasn't the first time that's happened. I think the suspension was a little bit, like, too low, to be honest. Really? Like, I think it should have carried into, you're the head coach. You're not a player. And, and here's the other thing. Players started throwing punches after it. After it, yes. Why? And, and Because their head coach started, yeah. And, and there's a lot of people that say, oh, he's a player's coach. Like, bro. The reason why Greg Gard called the timeout. Greg Gard is not going to – they're not going to call a timeout if you're not pressing their walk They're going to dribble the clock out. It's a ripple effect of what you did. That's the reason why he called the timeout. And when he's saying, I'm going to remember that, don't touch me, like I think he's more angry that he lost by like 17 and he let it and he let it get to him. And he made an emotional decision. Here's the other thing. Yeah. If anything like that happens again, I think Howard's gone. Ooh. Like, could could you imagine the public perception of your head coach getting in three fights mm-hmm. or having three physical incidents? Yeah. That's not going to happen. I mean, I think the fact that he was as successful last year as he was, even – And his, and two years ago, he was pretty successful too. Yeah, and, and, and his historical um, relevance to that program yeah. is the only reason that the three-strike rule was even on the table. What do you mean three-strike rule? I think if he wasn't Juwan Howard. He'd be out. He'd be out now. Yeah, I mean, if if Penny Hardway did that. I mean, um, who was the – was it Woody Hayes? I don't remember. It was the, the, there was an old time college football coach, incredibly successful, that got fired for punching a player. Punching a pl- oh, look or, that or, up. or maybe not a player. Um, but anyway, yeah. Well, while you reference that, I'm gonna say I think the Big Ten undersold his punishment a little bit. Like I think he sort of yeah. lost. Like coaching, I'm gonna say this. Like coaching basketball. It's a especially college, like it's a privilege. And for you to like kind of act like that and and like I'm not trying to I don't want to like judge Jawan Howard the human being cuz true told I don't know Jawan Howard. I've only seen him yeah. on camera. So like, you know, like I'm just sort of judging like was the suspension fair? And from the outside, he seemed mad that he took the time out and there's a pure explanation as to why Greg Gard took the timeout. So, in my opinion, I don't think Greg Gard should have been suspended. Do you find it? So, Woody Hayes, historic college football yeah. coach. Yeah, 100%. I believe won multiple national championships at Ohio State, right? Yes. Yeah. 
so they were playing Clemson. He grabbed Charlie Bauman, a Clemson player, turned him around and punched him. So he punched a player. And Woody Hayes, who has had way more success at this point. He won five championships. Yeah. yeah. Then Joanna Howard has had at Michigan. Now he's had more time to do that, but mm-hmm. he was fired on the spot. Now, again, it's punching a player instead of a coach. And it was a clean – like, I haven't, I haven't seen the clip. I've heard about this. I haven't seen the clip. Was I, it, like, a clean punch? The guy's helmet was still on. His pads were still on. Yeah. So it couldn't have hurt that bad. It's more just the act of actually doing that. Yeah, just like – Now, again, a coach punching a opposing player, like, I'm, I'm by no means trying to downplay that, but – and I feel bad. I feel bad for Jawan Howard. I really do. Like, I think he does regret his decision. Probably. I don't think he's like – I, I feel like so. a lot of the media is trying to make him out to be like this bad human being, which, you know, we don't know him. Like, we don't – we haven't seen him. Like, we can't judge a guy on one thing that we see on camera. Two things. No, I'm kidding. Two th- yeah, facts. Actually, two things. But we can't judge a guy – just what we see on camera. And I think as sports fans, we do that way too much. I agree. Yeah. But this is going to be followed like the Grayson Allen thing now. Yeah. But Grayson Allen's a player. He's a college kid. Yeah. They, I think coaches are held to a way higher standard. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, they're I, the example. I do agree. I the, the crazy thing, too, is it's kind of sad that these are the stories that make college basketball re- relevant It's such nationally. a bummer. Yeah. And and also it's Joe Krabenhoff was the former Wisconsin player. Okay, gotcha. Was the assistant coach. Um, and Krabenhoff is six seven. Like I I, I mean Howard's six nine six ten. Yeah, yeah so, he's a big dude. I, yeah, what just wild situation. And um, is this the first ever like Wisconsin encounter that Brad Davison was somehow not involved in? <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad you brought that up. <laughs> Yeah. So glad you I was thinking, like, dude, when I was hilarious. watching that, I was like, where's Brad? Where's Brad? What did he do? <laughs> Brad gets up on the table, just jumps off and RKO someone. Kyle drives an elbow through someone. Yeah, dude, that's... that seems like the type of scenario he's, like, tailor-made for. <laughs> that's comedy. That's hilarious. Yeah, I was thinking that the whole time. I was like, oh, what did he do this time? What did he do this time? And it's, oh, he's just, like, chilling in the background. Exactly. Wow. So another big thing that happened over the weekend, very – very eventful weekend in college basketball. Of course, as always. As always, it's such a great sport. It's the best sport. <laughs> Inter college football. They're they're competing. I, I like the NFL too. It's close, dude. I hate the NFL. No, I'm <laughs> um, so the committee, mm-hmm. the selection committee, revealed their tournament. Yeah. Bracket, um, and I'm gonna get it up here in a second. I think they got it right. To be honest, I think they did a good job. First off, our bracketology is like, like we should give ourselves a pat on the back. Like we were very, we were very accurate. We were like spot on. Dude. We were like spot on. The one thing that we missed, Houston did not get in, and they, as soon as you did that, you know my QWI stat that yeah. I did, like quad ones four plus four quad. Four. I adjusted it to eight, like you said, I should do. And I did. And it changed a lot of my bracketology because Houston has zero quad one wins. That's the reason why they didn't get in. Dude. Well, and they had one for a night a couple days ago when they won at Wichita State. But then that knocked Wichita State out of the top 75. So it's like. (laughs) Yeah. 
but Houston is fourth in the net, seventh in Ken Palm, and second in Torvik. Second. Wow. And they did not get a top four seed, which shows the committee really looks at big wins. And if you can't thrive against the elite competition, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I did this exercise the other day where I went on Torvik and adjusted it to since Marcus Sasser's injury. Oh, okay. That's and just I interesting. I believe Houston is still top five. Really? Even without the scoring of Sasser? So they're still playing really, really well. It's just whenever they've played above average competition, I think we'd say like anyone remotely close to making the tournament field, they've lost. Yeah. Whether that be Alabama, whether that be Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. Whether that be SMU. Yeah. So like this is what we're gonna have to decide come tournament time is is Houston just a product of bad luck in those games when they're really an incredibly efficient basketball team and could easily make a run? Or is the AAC really bad and they just have better athletes than the rest of them? But when they play other athletic teams, their lack of elite guard play really comes through. Like, which which one do we think it is? Because we're going to have to decide whether we're selling Houston or buying Houston. And I think that's going to make or break a lot of brackets. And what's the committee <clears throat> thinking about? Because, like... I'll, I'll give my theory on that, too. I think it's the zero quad one wins. <clears throat> like, yeah. And you know who's probably the biggest loser out of all of this? Out of that, like, selecting the four seed lines, the biggest loser? North Carolina. Because if they're going off of quad one wins... Yeah. And... You look at UNC, a team that's an 11 seed with one one quad one win against Virginia Tech, who we can both agree is not in the field, probably the wrong side of the bubble. That's bad. Yeah. Bad for Carolina fans. So Iowa has one quad one win. Now, Iowa metrics are very high on, but... Dude, I now they've been on a tear. They have been on an offensive tear, offensive but, clinic. But here's the thing. I'm not convinced that before these last two games, they weren't squarely on the bubble if the tournament was made like that day. You're not convinced the last two games that they were squarely on the bubble? Before those these last two games. I'm not convinced oh, yeah. that if before these last two games the committee sat down and seeded a whole 68, that they wouldn't be firmly on the bubble. I think they were about a 10 seed. That's about where I had him too, yeah. that nine ten range. But I also had Houston as a pretty high to mid four. And they weren't even in it, so I'm not convinced that they wouldn't have treated Iowa the same way. Yeah, and Iowa also had more quad two losses than Houston had, and a lot more quad one opportunities. Now they aren't as high in computer metrics either. But if they're not going to put a team that's top five in every computer metric in the top sixteen. I'm not convinced that they're going to put a team that's 19th with no resume. Yeah. Top 36. Yeah. So. Interesting. Or top 40. Yeah. Where do you have them seated? Um, Iowa? Yeah. I haven't really adjusted since they went on that tear. I'd okay. say they'd probably be like an eight. Seven, they're my eight. second eight. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably the right. Yeah. The six right big 10 forward. team. Yeah. So definitely some of the biggest losers are teams that 
do not have quad one wins. So if you look at a team like Iowa State, big winner yeah. of it. Marquette, big winner. Let's see what else is well, on here. Because Wisconsin and Purdue – or not Purdue, Providence were still pretty well-seated. Rutgers, big winner. Yeah, like Iowa State and like Marquette that, you know, have a lot of quad one activity. Um, West Virginia has 11 quad one losses. Wow. They played one of the tough schedules in college basketball. Yeah, it's I'm just bizarre. not noticing that. Also, I, topic, I, did, but... I did pull it up. Houston, since the Marcus Sasser injury, mm-hmm. still fourth on Torvik. That's ahead of Villanova, Kansas, Auburn, Duke, Arizona, Purdue, Baylor, UCLA. And for those of you that don't know, Torvik is like no preseason. It's basically Ken Palm minus the preseason. Right? Yeah, it, well, it you can factor the preseason out of it. Right. Yeah. So, And I'm pretty sure Ken Palm is pretty much all predictive at this point. At yeah, the, I mean— at some point in the season, they phase it out entirely. Computer metrics are, you know, you've heard me talk about this, possession by possession, right? It's not game by game. Yeah. Resume is game by game. Computer metrics is possession by, by possession. possession. Yes. Yeah. So, also, very interesting, since the Mark Sasser injury, Kentucky's number two, but guess who's number three? When did Sasser get hurt? He got uh, hurt December, like December 22nd. Yeah, December. Okay. Guess who's number three? I'm going to say... I'm going to go off the grid and say Texas Tech. It was right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Good guess, but they've been on a tear. They have been on a tear. They went out Texas. And that team could get up to the two line. Yeah. No, they're my they're my top three right now. Like They, they were my and, – And Nova was – They were my last two. I had them ahead of Duke, Nova and Tennessee. I had Texas Tech ahead of Duke, did not have, ahead of Nova. Did you have Nova as your last eight or last well, two? Yeah, last yeah. two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so Texas Tech has been on a tear. I mean, they have guys who can, like, now, they're not, like, insanely balanced. Like, they're still, like, uber defensive heavy. But they have guys who can score. Like, they have go-to guys. Like, I mean, Terrence Shannon's been, like, injured and cold, and they've been doing this. So They're just so balanced. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Davion Warren, Adonis Arms. Mm -hmm. um, Marcus Santos Silva, Big 12 Player of the Year. Not believe you said that last yourself. Um, I can't believe I said that either. I was smoking the Kool Aid. Smoking the Kool Aid? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, dude. Bryson Williams, Kevin. Bryson McCuller. Williams has been so good recently. Uh, they just have a lot of players. Period. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the thing with Houston, my theory is, here's why I think the committee, how they approach it, based mm-hmm. off this bracket reveal, is they would rather have a team that's proven they can do it than a team that theoretically can do it. That's why you had Providence and Wisconsin in the top 16. And, you know, not even close to that 16-17 cutoff line like Texas was. Yeah. Instead of Houston. I think I think they view the computer numbers as fraudulent for Houston because they haven't seen them do it. Yep. And I, I think that is the mindset of the committee, and I think that that's something that we may have to – adopt when it comes to bracketology with some of these teams that are really high in the net but maybe don't have as much resume like like a St. Mary's where where they probably should be a six or seven mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if like Loyola same thing with Loyola last year yeah they may end up as an eight or nine they were a top 10 team on Ken Palm yeah and I would not last year I would not like to be a one facing St. Mary's no in the second round you know I would not either. um and then a, another team like San Francisco is 
firmly on the bubble when they're most things would point to them being a top 30 team. So These are all mid-majors, too, that unfortunately don't get all of the opportunities to do it, which puts them at a disadvantage. Like, you mentioned, like, San Diego State, too. Like they have two quad one wins. Almost got a big win on the road against Boise last night. Almost. But, and they were down 10 at half, too. Yeah, yeah. So, Mountain I didn't West, know that. Mountain West is competitive. They're beating each other up, though. Yeah, and I think we're actually going to mention some mid-majors here coming <laughs> oh. up. Our segues are just on point today. <laughs> they really Harris, are. I'll let you intro this one. All right, so what we're going to do, we're going to rank these conferences in terms of who gets the most teams into the NCAA tournament. This is interesting. All right, here are the conferences we're going to rank. AAC, American, ACC, Pac-12, Mountain West, West Coast Conference. Would you like to go? You want me to go? I'll let you start. Okay. Dang it, I was really hoping you'd start. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I want to take a little bit to think about this, but in terms of who gets the most teams, right now, I think the Mountain West has four teams in the field. I think that's their ceiling. Okay. Um, Like, San Diego State has been on a tear. They've proven that they're probably in. Computer metrics are too high for them not to get in. Although, there's not much meat on the bone for them. They don't have great wins. Uh, West Coast gets three teams in. Um, Are we talking about a dead horse bone? Oh, yeah. Oh, good times. The the bones of Harris' dead horse. Oh, yes, the bones of my dead horse, yes. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. West Coast gets three teams in. BYU, uh, it's so unfortunate because I was so high on them. They just have not. They just have not had it this year. Like, yeah. outside of Barcelo, who's an awesome scorer, they don't necessarily have many elite guards that could set him up on, like, spot-up shots. So he doesn't shoot much. Anyway, West Coast gets three. Also, they've had their big men get hurt, too. They have. I mean, they're True. playing with basically walk, walk-ons. Yeah, they had a right lot now, of injuries. Which, it's pretty tough in that conference. Yeah, and if they do get on the bubble, I think they have four quad one wins. So it's possible that the meat on the bone could get them in. Yeah, they have four quad one wins um, Yeah, really quickly. Just because I'm pretty sure that they aren't very substantial. Um, yeah, their quad ones are uh, a win at San Francisco. That's a good win. A win against St. Mary's at home. Good win. Ooh, that's barely quad one. Yeah, um, right on. When it against San Diego State at home, which is the number thirty team, and when at Missouri State. Oh, so that's only one team that's firmly in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Except when at San Francisco is pretty good. Yeah, sorry, keep going. Yeah, I don't. I don't think BYU gets get gets in. So West Coast gets three. Mountain West gets four. Pac twelve. Oregon blew it. Like against Oregon a- sold the bag against, so hard <laughs> <laughs> against Cal against ASU they blew it they get three uh, the American oh because Memphis and SMU are right in the thick of it like they yeah. are right in the middle of the bubble I'm gonna say only one of them gets in I think they beat each other up in the conference tournament one of them takes a loss they, there's not many opportunities for elite wins yeah no, I, I'm so I'm gonna say the AAC gets one. ACC, man. What a mess. Uh, I agree. Miami's my first team out. Do I think they get in? They're 4-1 against quad one, 5-4 against quad two. I think they surpass either SMU or Memphis and get in. So the ACC is the first one. So ACC 1, West Coast, or ACC 1, Mountain West 2, 
West Coast Conference and Pac-12 are both tied at three with three teams in, and the American is last at five. Big win for the Mountain West. Yeah, really big win, and (laughs) my Wi-Fi froze for a few seconds here, so... Um, Shots at the ASU Wi-Fi. Yeah, it, it is crazy how the Pac-12 is just firmly at three. Unless they get an, a bid stealer. That's that's the which possibility for Which is possible. Very, it's not very likely, though. Like, there's three, I'd say, good to really good – or good to great teams Yeah, at the top. And then it's just everybody else. I mean, we saw Oregon go on that run where they won at USC and at UCLA in back-to-back games. So if they somehow rekindle that magic, yeah, and I think we would losses. agree they have some talent to do they it. Yeah, they were preseason ranked to being like the top fifteen. Like they have talent. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, I, with Oregon, they have too many bad losses and they have good wins. But I'm gonna say yeah. I don't, I don't think they get it. The Pac-12 is firmly at three. Any chance Washington State could be a bid stealer? <sighs> Computer metrics like them. The most. Unlucky team in college basketball, according to Ken Palm. They're 358th in luck. Yo, shout out to our buddy Nick at church. Big Washington State Cougar fan. Oh, yeah. Nick, if you're watching this, thank you for sending me the uh, baseball score of GCU and U of A. GCU killed U of A in baseball. Let's go. <laughs> Dude, uh, U of A just had their baseball coach and like a bunch of their players all go to LSU. So they're rebuilding right now. Are you serious? Oh. Yeah, the coach go. got hired at LSU because they made it. I think they won a regional last year. Make college baseball fun, man. Like it, let's it's get, already fun. It is fun, but let's get like let's get some big television deals. Let's get them on ESPN. They are on ESPN. You just don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I watched some of the World Series. I Tennessee's, mean, that's, that's Tennessee was good. Texas made it to the semifinals and then got dropped by Mississippi State. Didn't we lose to you guys? I think so. Yeah. As you should. <laughs> Dang it. You guys beat us in basketball and baseball. <sighs> yeah. And you have Quinn Ewers? Dang. <laughs> I'm fist pumping for those who can't see. I'm yeah. really excited about that. What yeah. What do you think the floor for the Mountain West is? Floor? Wyoming. For how many teams? I think Wyoming slips out, takes another bad loss. Three. I think that's the floor. You think Wyoming is the lowest of all those teams? Yep. Dude, they're like, if you combine Tor- uh, Torvik, Ken Palm, all that together, fifty sixth, and also like, yes, they have some wins. Yeah, Torvik's all on them. Kim Pop's not super high on them, but like, oh, because they are they are eight and two against the first two quadrants. So you make a point, but they have two quad three losses. Do they lost to New Mexico? Rough loss. Okay, and Colorado State lost to UNLV. UNLV isn't bad. They're like fifth in the Mountain West. Yeah, I mean they're not terrible. New Mexico's like, uh, like. Not good. But anyway. Yeah, I know. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, between Wyoming, because I think Boise actually has a pretty good bone and a lot of meat on the bone. I love that we're just running with that analogy. But You are. Uh, yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say three. Okay, I think, they're, I think their floor is two. I, I think, yeah. I think their floor is probably – I think Boise gets in. Yeah. I think I mean, they they have a good they're five and one in quad one. That's Somehow. crazy. Have a quad four loss though, um, but no quad three yeah. losses. So I think I'm probably going three because I think three of Boise State, Colorado State, and Wyoming will get in, and San Diego State. I think three of those teams. Will they're get in. all in the eight and nine range. 
all four. All, actually, Colorado State's my last seven. Boise's my second eight. San Diego State's my first nine, and Wyoming's my third nine. Do we know They're what the, clunked together. I'm pretty sure the Mountain West tournament. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. The semifinals are going to be very – because Fresno State or UNLV or Utah State, another – the second unluckiest team in college basketball apparently. Those are all potential upsets. Yeah, I I think as long as – here's the good thing for them, for that conference, is yeah. you have seven teams in the top 100 of the net. So Interesting. as long as no one loses a crazy – as long as those top four don't lose somehow to New Mexico if they make a run yeah. or something like that, you're looking good because I think most of these teams could take a quad two loss and still get in. Yeah. Especially in the, if they're in that eight to nine range right now. So I'm going to say – I finally got it all together. So I think the Mountain West probably gets four teams in. Okay. Either three of those teams and a bid stealer or the four of them. Um, and they have a ceiling of five, I think. Yeah, I think four you, and a bid stealer. Yeah, Utah State and Fresno State would have to get in as a bid stealer. Yeah, I'm possible. I'm pretty certain. Yeah. So I'm saying they probably get four. I'm saying the AAC probably gets two. Memphis or SMU. Yeah. And no one else. Or a bid stealer. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I think if Houston wins, Memphis or SMU could get in. But if Houston doesn't win the conference and Memphis or SMU loses to like Eastern Carolina and Eastern Carolina gets a bid thief, then it could be two. But Memphis and SMU would probably be out. There's a lot of scenarios there. Oh. AC, ACC, I think, ends up getting four. Yeah. So then the Mountain West. That's what I have. I have both of their ceilings at five, but I have the four of the ACC at three, whereas the four of the Mountain West is at two. Yeah, there's a lot of bubble teams. So a I'm lot of putting them teams. ahead. So I have American. The ACC is a mess. Like Notre Dame, North Carolina, Miami, all Wake, on the bubble. Wake Forest. Wake Forest isn't that far off the bubble. Yeah, they're my last nine. Like, yeah. oh, they got so close to beating Duke. So close. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And dude, Miami. They have seven losses between the second and third quadrants. Weird. But they're four and one in quad one and have uh-huh. no quad four losses. But they're also they're my 60th first... in the net. Yeah. That, that may be the most confusing resume. 65th. They're my first team out. Yeah. Like I, Oklahoma's I, my last team in and they're my first team out. I think they're going to kind of be Syracuse-ish last year where you have no idea where to peg them. Um, True. Very Good different analogy. resume and all that. But yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And then you have the Pac-12. I'm going to say it's three in yeah firmly three yeah like a ceiling and a floor of three so i think i'm gonna put the acc ahead of them fair because if there's a bit thief they could get four but i think the acc can get upwards of five i think the mountain west can get upwards of five yeah but i think that three is more firm for the pac-12 so i'll put the pac-12 second behind the acc this is like the tic-tac-toe of college basketball there's just so many scenarios <laughs> what an analogy here's what an analogy Oh yeah, the West Coast I have getting anywhere from two to four, so yeah. I'll put them second lowest. So here's how I'm ranking them. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> the official ranking: American the lowest, West Coast second lowest, Mountain West third, Pac-12 then ACC. And what were yours again? Uh, I had yours except I had the Mountain West head of the Pac-12. Okay, I, yeah, that's that's they're basically tied because I have Pac-12 three to four, I have Mountain West two to five. Yeah. So higher variance. I'm just going to rest with the fact that it's a Power 5 conference and that there's three teams that are guaranteed to get in. Valid. That's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're moving on. <laughs> that was fun, though. Uh, to the next yeah. one. 
because I want to ask you this. I, I, I think that was a good bracketology. Like, that was yeah. our bracketology yeah. portion. Yeah. Right. Okay, ask away. So, Providence has won just as many close games as you could possibly imagine. They just beat Butler by one point. One big question in college basketball. Ken Palm has them ranked 20% luck. The highest luck of of all time, I believe. Second highest. Yeah. Keith, is Providence getting lucky? Or is there an art to winning close games? Yes and yes. Elaborate. Both. They're, they're getting lucky and they are also veteran. Ed Cooley's a good coach. So I think it's... It's no mistake that they're losing. It, it's not all a mistake that they're losing these close games. I mean, this is so statistically unlikely. Yeah. That there has to be something in there. And and, and they have good guards. They so, do. I, Durham, Jared Bynum's been playing very well yeah, lately. So yeah. if you have good guards, a good coach, and veterans, I'd trust you in a late-game scenario more than, say, a young wing-heavy now as a well-coached team, like a Memphis, you know? I, I was just thinking that. So yeah. if you compare those two, yeah, I'll take Providence in the close game. Yeah. But if you're in the first round of the NCAA tournament and they get matched up, I'm probably taking Memphis. I'm going to run you through their resume real fast. Okay. Beat Wisconsin by five. Beat Northwestern by five. Beat New Hampshire by 11. Beat Texas Tech by four. Yeah. Beat Vermont by 10. Beat Connecticut by four. Beat Seton Hall by five. Um. Beat St. John's by 10, beat Georgetown by 8, beat Butler by 7, beat Xavier by 3, beat Marquette by 2, beat DePaul in overtime by 3, lost to Villanova by 5, beat Butler by 1. That's got to be like 80% of their games have been played. Oh, they beat Fairfield by 7. What? They play good teams close and they play bad teams close. They play down to their competition and up to their competition. Which is why I'm probably going to pick them to lose first round with their team. Like... Dude, like, ah, because Ken Palm is like, because computer metrics are like, oh, this is purely luck. Like, they are, no way. Because they have won, again, this is what I said, computer metrics is possession by possession. So if you are getting in a close game against Fairfield and New Hampshire, that is going to destroy your computer metrics. But resume is saying, hey, they won the game. That's all that matters. So this leads them to being like eighth in strength of record, but like 46th in Ken Palm, probably the biggest ranking disparity I've ever seen other than Washington state. <laughs> Who's on the complete other end of the spectrum. Poor Washington state, man. They were so close yet so far. I know. And this was like of any year for this to happen. This was not the year, Like they've been so bad for so long in basketball since Clay Thompson was there. Yeah. And now they get good and they just get really, they just lose as many close games as you could imagine. But yeah, I'm just because we talked about remember Ed Cooley at the end does these breathing exercises yeah. like during with like five seconds to go like the, the, there's definitely a method to the madness but I there mean, is method to the madness yeah but there is some luck that has to happen to yeah, win close so, games so the last Power Five team to be this lucky okay and Providence's luck right now is point two oh seven twenty percent. The the last luckiest team in the Power Five was Maryland at .127. And I want to talk about this team, too, because there's a really big similarity. Uh, to Maryland in 07, go look at Vandy. No, 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 no. 
No, Mar- this was Maryland in 2015. Oh, 2015. Their luck rating was, was this the year they were preseason ranked really high? This was Mellow Tremble and Diamond Stone. Was he on that team, or is that 16? He was the year after, I think. Okay, uh, gotcha. J- Jake Lehman was on the team. Yeah, Jake Lehman. Yeah, uh, Des Wells was on the team. So go go look at 2008 Vanderbilt. On okay. I'm, I'm I'm just gonna say that this team was a four seed, beat Valpo by three mm-hmm. in the first round. And then lost by 10 to West Virginia the next round. So yeah. don't go picking Providence far in your brackets. We'll talk more <laughs> about it later, but we're going to 08, 08 Vandy. 08 Vandy. We're going to eat our words if they just yeah. like if this Van- luck Vandy cares. was point one one. No, but look luck. where they're look where they're ranked on Ken Palm and look where they were seated. Yeah. Uh, they, they were a four seed. And they got blown out by Sienna. Twenty one by Sienna. By twenty. Yeah, as a four versus thirteen in Kimpom. This is why we use predictive metrics, folks. Right, right. But guess you who was one spot higher than them in luck? Those Vols, baby. <laughs> Dude, oh wait, we were a two seed. I and mean, got blown up by nineteen in the Sweet Sixteen. All right, well, okay. Computer metrics aren't going to factor. Barely that. beat a seven. Compute, computer metrics aren't going to factor that our best player got leukemia right before the NCAA well, tournament. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I shouts to Chris Lofton. Legend, uh, legend. Great shooter. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, like computer metrics aren't going to factor that, but I just had to throw that in there. But yeah, we did. Yeah, barely beat a seven, and I think we lost to Louisville that year, if I'm not mistaken, in 08 and Sweet 16. So, yep, yeah, that you did. Yeah. Okay. Really quickly before we get to everyone's favorite segment, of course, two teams going in completely opposite directions. Arkansas have won 12 out of their last 13 in the SEC. And one Big 12 SEC Challenge game against pretty good competition. Yeah. Um, with their one loss coming by one point to Alabama. And then you have Michigan State going in the complete opposite direction. Yeah. Three straight dropped. Five out of their last six dropped. Now looking like a, both teams are probably in the same range now. They may have even flip-flopped when Arkansas was on the bubble a month ago and Michigan State was a three or four. So really quickly just thoughts on that dude uh michigan state just a real fast stat because i know we got to get to everyone's favorite segment michigan state has only beaten a team that's ranked top 30 in ken palm one time since december one time and that was Iowa? wisconsin wisconsin okay yeah so and they have lost five out of their last six they've lost three straight i was just wondering like what seed are they going to end up as because there was a time where like michigan state was competing on the three line they're like a seven now, and and it's just so interesting of how yeah, college they were. Bat- my last six, yeah, they were first seven. I just you know like look at us, <laughs> right? We're always in sync, but uh, yes, indeed, yeah. And we were we we're darn accurate last time, so uh, props to us. But yeah, no, Michigan State. I what seed do you think they're going to end up as? Real fast. Let me pull up their schedule really quickly. I was looking into Arkansas for a second. Um, Michigan State. Yeah, because right now, like you said, six or seven uh, don't necessarily – they don't have, like, a bunch of elite wins. Uh, they do. They have three quad one wins. That's not horrible. And, well, two of them were in the Battle for Atlantis, which was UConn and Loyola on a neutral I by guess, a combined yeah. six points. And like I said, they haven't beaten a top 30 team. And Ken Palm since they they beat them one time since December and they beat Wisconsin. That was at Wisconsin. That was a By good win. Twelve. That's a great win. Yeah, great but, win. Yeah. 
Um, so the rest of their schedule is Purdue at Ohio State at home against Maryland. They probably go one and two in that stretch. Yep. So eight, and then conference tournament. That means they're going to go into the conference tournament cold. Four and eight in quad one, six and two in quad two, six and one in quad three. Oof, that screams seven eight seed. That screams it. That screams like eight nine. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then they're probably going to end up ten and nine in conference. Something like that. So they're probably going to be like the sixth seed in conference or something. So you're playing a good opponent first round. Yeah, I'm saying anywhere from 7 to 10 is probably where they end up. Ooh, like, 10. Ooh, I'm going to say 7 if, to 8. If they go 1 and 3 the rest of the way, if they bow out in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, yeah, they could fall to the 9 or 10 line. Yeah, bad loss. Okay, what about Arkansas real fast? They could be as high as a 4 probably. Ah, two quad 3 losses. I'll say they can get as high as a low 4. Yeah. And I don't expect them to slow down anytime soon because since the start of their win, this giant streak where they've only lost by one to Alabama, that was their only loss. Yeah. The only teams that have been better in the country, according to Torvik, are Gonzaga, Kentucky, Texas Tech, who are all legit top 10 teams. And this happened to Arkansas last year. This exact thing happened. Oh, let's. It's going to be the strategy from now on sell them early, buy them late. Like as soon as January hits. Like mid January, something just just start out. laying down money, laying down money <laughs> for Arkansas yeah. to to win games they shouldn't to cover whatever it takes. Yeah, it's happened too. I may years. not think Musselman is a great coach, and I think he is. But my goodness, he's going to make me money from now on because <laughs> I know exactly how to play this. Team. And in 2022, like they were kind of cold, and they ended up making a massive bubble push before COVID happened, and that was Musselman's first year. Exactly. So, so it it'll definitely be interesting to see how both these teams play out, and if they kind of even out a little bit or if they keep just moving in completely so in five seconds what seed are they going to be end of the tournament or end of the season six i'm gonna say five high six low five is okay i I think they're gonna be a firm middle seed sure yeah which given how bad they played at the start of season and how good they're playing now makes sense and they'll probably make a run yeah all right are you ready harris oh i'm ready it's time for show me the the money. money Oh, yeah. So We're going to start on <laughs> tonight. We have Ohio State at Illinois. Illinois is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Ohio State coming off a very rough loss to, I believe, Iowa, right? Yes. And I'm going to take five-and-a-half is a lot. <sighs> Illinois is the better team. We know I ride with the Illini. Give me Illinois, baby. Oof. I don't know with this one. I'm going to be completely it's honest. Tough. It seems like it's too big of a spread. Yeah, it seems like it's too big of a spread. So but take I think, Ohio State, you coward. So, <laughs> so I mean, Vegas thinks that Illinois is uh, two and a half points better than them. Uh, no, one and a half points better because you had the three and a half, and that's five. So I'm going to take Illinois. I Wait, what did you say with three and a half and five? Vegas thinks that because of the home court, Vegas oh, yeah, thinks yeah. that Illinois is a one and a half one and a half points better, which I think is actually underselling them. So I'm going to take Illinois. Let's go. Yeah. And Ty is picking oh, he is? Illinois, and his explanation was Frohioed State. It's what? spelled F-R-O-H-I-U-D. So like fraud Ohio. 
You know he loves that word fraud. I don't even know why he loves it so much. So, it's so overused. So we are all in agreement on that one. Harris, you want to take us away with Belmont at Murray State? This Everyone's is such an awesome favorite game. favorite OVC <laughs> clash. This is such an awesome game. Uh, Belmont, Murray State. All right, Murray State's favored by six, so Vegas thinks they're two and a half points better than Belmont on a neutral. I'm oh, – this is tough. Now, my Wi-Fi isn't working, so I can't look at any stats. My Wi-Fi cut out earlier, too. Oh, the ASU Wi-Fi, man. Goodness. Because I want to get these right. but <laughs> I know which way this is going if, if you want to take your time. Y- yeah, I'll take my time. Murray State, Belmont just isn't that good this year. Computer numbers are going to say they're solid. I mean, they're still a good mid-major team. But Murray State's had a couple close games. I think they're getting a little bored. Nothing to get you excited like having Belmont, the Bruins – the other gargantuan giant in this conference. Give me the racers, baby. Interesting. Uh, and then Ty is taking Murray State as well. He trusts in KJ and Tevin Brown is what he said. Tevin Brown. Go. Yeah. Uh, where did he transfer from? He's always been there. Okay. I didn't know that. There's another Dude, Tevin that transfers. Tevin Brown and John Morant played on the same team. He did. There's been so many legends at Murray State. Is if you look back to Isaiah Cannon yeah. campaign. Yeah, 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 there is. They produce good guards. I'm gonna take Murray State. <laughs> Keep wow. going on the high train. We are all in. All right. On those teams. Saturday. I will not be here for this, unfortunately, as I will be on the youth retreat. Looking forward to that. Oh yeah. It's irrelevant. But uh, Kansas. It's actually not irrelevant. Kansas and Baylor. I'm taking Baylor. Kansas doesn't beat them two times. No, Baylor has home court, too. I think, that honestly, they're better. Like, computer metrics sort of say that they're better. And I kind of believe in I believe in that. Um, yeah, I'm taking Baylor. It's four and a half point spread, by the way, at Baylor. Four and a half is too much, man. These are this Kansas, is, Kansas yeah. is peaking right now. They are peaking. Baylor's not playing that well. I'm going to take Kansas. I just trust them more. And then our favorite third co-host... Baylor. He said they got embarrassed by 30. They'll be fighting with fire at home. So I disagree with y'all. And normally this doesn't go so well for me, but <laughs> I, I think Kansas is firmly the best team in the Big 12 right now. On Saturday, Kentucky, did you have them as a four point favorite initially? Yeah. So we're going to make it three and a half because we always dock up, yeah. we, we always add half point to the home team, dock a point from the road team. So just. Adjusting on the fly there. Kentucky travels to Arkansas, the team we were just talking about. Kentucky's a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Arkansas. Probably the two hottest teams in the SEC right here. Yeah. I'm going to take Arkansas, to be honest. I will as well. Like, they came in against Tennessee last weekend. And first off, Bud Walton is probably the loudest court in the whole SEC. That place is packing. Um, It's packed, usually. Um, but Arkansas, they're just better at home. I'm going to take the Razorbacks. I'm taking them too. Yeah. Three and a half points as well as they're playing. Sure I mean, they're ties. playing just as well as Kentucky right now. Ty's taking Kentucky. If, of course he is. If Severe and Ty Ty play. <laughs> this has been the theme like every week. If Severe and Ty Ty play, I'm taking Kentucky. If not, 
I'm not. It's always a theme, but wishy-washy, Ty. Ty, Ty's usually always. I I, I did want to let you know. Ty's been wanting me to call you out for saying Michigan State's going to win the Big Ten. A oh, okay. Ago. I deserve it. You know what? I thought it was set up perfectly. I tried it to go out of the box. It just didn't work out. Yeah, just... you need to stay in the box, Harry. <laughs> Dude, we're going to seal you up and never let you come out of the box. Yeah, Marcus um, Santos Silva will be the reason. For he that. said, "Thank you" in all caps. Um, also, Saturday, Gonzaga at St. Mary's. Could we say that this is the most likely spot for Gonzaga to lose before the NCAA tournament? Because not only do they play St. Mary's, but they play San Francisco right before this. Yeah. So, like, I'm – oof, it's close. I know we don't have much time. I really want to talk about this game, but we don't have much time. I think Gonzaga covers. I'm going to have to go with you. Yeah, like, Saint, they blew them out. Like last time, they destroyed them. St. Mary's is a good team. It's just they just don't have the athletes. Yes, and I they hate don't have saying the that. Yeah, but when when you have a team that's just this dominant playing against good, not great teams, I think the the home court advantage is going to is going to be pretty good for St. Mary's. But eight points, I I think it may be close for a little bit. But we we haven't talked about this much, dude. Chet Holmgren may be the best player on the, that team at this point. He is getting into his element. I was not he high on him before. Dominating, but like <clears throat> their guards with like Bolton, Nimhard, and like Holmgren's been dominating against inferior competition. But he has been dominating. Timmy's a bucket down low, and they don't have the size or athleticism to compete with that. So Gonzaga's just gonna, I say, run away with it. Yeah, Ty said that he would take Gonzaga if they were favored by ten. He's all in on the Bulldogs. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with him. All right, last one. Baylor. Okay, not going to do it. You I mean, there's people waiting to come into the oh, studio. Okay, okay that's so fair. All right. That will do it for Triple Threat. I w- and also, I don't want to pick against Texas again, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> that's my main reason, because we're going to get probably beat pretty bad by Baylor. So, especially coming off the Kansas game. Yeah, Although, yeah, yeah. two days rest for them, so that may favor us well. We'll see. Yeah. I will definitely be watching it. I will probably too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll do it for Triple Threat. Thanks so for so much for listening on Blaze Radio, Blaze Radio Online. Cue that music. Oh yeah, that was on beat drop. This is, this is, this is.